1: Fans and welcome back to our Vantage Point the Retro Wrestling Podcast. We're glad to be back with you for episode number 37 on this Monday, June 26, 2017. I of course am Joe Marotta alongside the man of a thousand and four holds, Michael Quinn. How you doing, Quinn? Howdy doody and welcome back is right. Welcome back is right. It is first of all it's summer. Yes, it's hot. It is very hot. You know where it's not hot though? In this basement? Right here in this basement. It's very cool in this basement because our listeners are so cool for listening to us. Yes, they are. What do you think of that? I think it's very cool. We want to thank you guys, of course, for listening as always. And we're here to talk to you about the world of retro wrestling. Before we get to that, Quinn, let's remind everyone there are some places to find us on the social media one of which is Twitter. You can talk to us at OVP podcast. And what can go on there, Quinn. Well, you can tweet pictures and little messages and you can argue with the uh, Mount
2: Rushmore and Death Valley <laughs> yeah, really. GIFs. whatever we do all the Twittering things. We retweet. We mm-hmm. like
1: it. It's you know, great. if if it's Twitter, we do it. If it's Twitter, we do it. Speaking of gifts, I've really been, as always, liking uh, Dean Coles has some great gifts out there. You can go follow him, folks. Yeah, well, hot Coles. I mean, <laughs> he's got the hot gifts. <laughs> and we've got the cool podcast. Yeah. According to Marcello. <laughs> it's a very weather-oriented <laughs> podcast this week. Sometimes it's a little hazy. Yeah. Sometimes we're a little foggy. We're a little sunny, too. <laughs> Sometimes we blow some hot air. Yeah so oh anyway and of course you can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com that is ovppodcast at gmail.com we do take emails yes we do we read them yes we respond to them we We, do that we do everything you should do in an email we're generally good emailers i think we are let us know folks (laughs) you you know you can find out you can email us and let us know if you get a response right we're good emailers (laughs) yeah although thinking now i think i have a couple of
2: outstanding emails we need to get to but you know, maybe there'll be another forum for that. Yeah, that's right.
1: We have a website, by the way. Oh, do we? Yeah, what is it? It's called uh, ovppodcast.com. And there's a lot of cool stuff there. There's, like, links to everywhere you can find us, basically. It's our home base. Well, everywhere you look, everywhere you go. <laughs> there's a podcast. There's a podcast, and <laughs> all that stuff is over at ovppodcast.com. Including links to the various places you can listen to this podcast. Obviously, there's the SoundCloud feed where we host it, but there's other places, Quinn. Yeah, there's iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and over there, you can subscribe
2: so you don't have to look for us every week, or you can leave us a review so other fans know that we exist. That's right. And we really appreciate that. That's right. So there's always Google Play Music as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Stitcher. Who
1: cares? What? Whoa. Whoa. Uh, blueberry. Yeah, Blueberry. Who cares? <laughs> Player.fm.
2: Player.fm. Yes, you, you got me there. And, and Hottest uh, Radio or something?
1: Audit, auto, yeah. I'm forgetting all my places. Yeah, well, one place that we don't want anyone to forget, of course, is the place to be Yes. You can find us there as well and you can listen to us twice. Yes. <laughs> so go to com. you can check out their other great podcasts including this one. But they have some good stuff over there. There's the main event and there's obviously Quinn's personal favorite, the Place to Be podcast with JT and Scott. Yeah, they talk about all the 1986
2: happenings in the world of the World Wrestling Federation. That's right. The World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, the Federation. World of the World Wrestling Federation. It's about- also, you know, there's another good podcast on there. Pro Wrestling
1: Only feed GF Allentown GF Allentown Greetings from Allentown Yeah Great podcast actually Dang. One man show there Yeah And he's fantastic at it I love him So a big shout out To Greetings from Allentown Go check him out On the place to be Pro Wrestling Only feed yes. So we have also Quinn a Facebook group That's really been Heating up lately Speaking of the heat Yeah it's, it's a Pretty good group Where you can talk about All the stuff on our podcast Or just
2: retro wrestling things In like, general yeah In general And some good discussion Over there And all you have to do is go on Facebook.com, ask Mark Zuckerberg over there in his little magical search bar
1: and put in OVP podcast and we're there. And there the hell it is. Yeah. And one last thing is we have some merchandise available, and you can find the OVT shirt yes. <laughs> over at T Spring. That's T-E-E Spring.com slash O V P podcast. I think one day we're gonna have to get the OVP book. <laughs> What's going to be in the OVP book? Bob Eucher? of course. (laughs) Uh, So, folks, obviously, at any time, if you have any suggestions for us, whether it is a deep dive topic, whether it is a Rushmore and Death Valley, whether it's a review, let us know on any of the aforementioned avenues, and we'll be happy to check it out. We will try, we promise, to get to every single request. In fact, maybe stay tuned a few episodes from now. We might have something in the works to try to get to all your requests. Yes. There might be something happening. But the first thing we do... As we deep dive, Quinn, and I'm going to get to be the tour guide today. So I'm very excited about that. So let's get our scuba gear on. Excellent. Really good. <laughs> professional podcast. Very, very professional. Quinn, we were talking last week about the collapse of the golden era, mm-hmm. if you recall. Yes. So I want to build off of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the new generation.
0: The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment.
2: Oh, the new generation. We had a lot to say about them a couple weeks uh, ago
1: also. Let's get more into
2: detail about that Boy, crap. that superstars is leading to quite
1: the bit, quite a bit of discussion on this podcast. Like, every week, we're talking yeah. ever since that crappy superstars. Who would have thought some, like, innocent superstars from 1994 would lead to yeah, all we're this like, stuff? we're, like, beating up on it or something. I feel bad. Well, it was right in the middle of the new generation era, which got started formally after WrestleMania 10, like, in, in earnest. Yes.
0: We are witnessing, ladies and gentlemen, a brand new
1: era! And obviously we know that the new generation is is looked back on as probably their worst period in their modern times. I don't know. I have a a different outlook. It's the birth of wrestling for me. That's the thing. That's that's, also when I started watching.
2: So I will say this about the new generation era. And I always say this. It's the fact that it's when I started watching. I think that's why to this day I'm probably even doing a wrestling podcast. Is because when I watched, it was so shitty, but I didn't know it was shitty. And all I was seeing was it kept getting better every single year for like a
1: long time. That's true. For like six years. It's like when you started watching baseball the Yankees were shitty. Right. And they just kept getting better. Yeah. And then when they got shitty again, I was like, What is this? Same thing like, with WWE. Yeah, when yeah. they got shittier, like what is this? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the new generation folks, if you um if you haven't followed that at all, it's uh it's good <laughs> that you didn't <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, really. But basically after, you know, ninety two, ninety three, with Hogan and Warrior and Savage being downplayed and then eventually gone. 94 creeps around, and we finally get the torch passed it for real to Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10. Yes. And that was kind of the kickoff of it, and they started running this new campaign where it was, you know, no more old guys, of course, in the middle of that is King versus Roddy Piper. Or Bob Backlund, WWF champion. Right. But nevertheless, their whole campaign was, this is the new generation. The World Wrestling Federation. Our
0: athletes still care about their fans.
1: That's basically a stab over at WCW for scooping up all the old guys. Yeah. Like Hogan and Savage. And apparently there was like a Catholic church thing, too, because of that promo we saw last week. (laughs) The priests are watching the new generation. Strange situation. But, you know, the overall thing about the new generation era to me is it just looks cheap and desperate. (laughs) Yes, it's awful. It's color. It's like too colorful or something. It's foggy. Here's the problem. It's gray, but it's colorful. I can't describe the look of it. Here's the problem with that look. Go ahead. It's that. 80s hogan
2: look applied to like these young guys who look completely out of place it's like these guys should be cool and badass but instead they're like neon lights and wbf looking
1: things yeah and also they were always in like aircraft hangars (laughs) yeah the arenas too (laughs) arenas just the crowds were smaller it was basically the total opposite of the boom in a lot of ways right but not in the good way no, like, it, no one cared
2: way. It was like this new generation was kind of just sitting here, right? And they're twiddling their thumbs, right? And they're waiting for something good to happen. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really happen until Pillman had a gun,
1: Yeah, honestly. Yes, but all these guys were just sitting around till then, doing crap. And it sucks, too, because while you had, like, some of the faces of the, the new generation were diesel as a as a babyface champion, which mm-hmm. was just odd, you know, a misuse of him.
0: On lives the new generation and the world wrestling generation! Yeah!
1: And we had guys like Bret Hart in the midcard fighting pirates and dentists and King. <laughs> yeah. And you had And King, yes. And King. And you had Big Mabel as the king of the ring and a world yeah. champion contender. Mm-hmm. Big
0: Daddy Fool, I always knew you were a fool. But I never knew you
1: were stupid. And then meanwhile, Shawn Michaels in 95 was on the mid card doing awesome. So you did have good stuff. Well, that's the thing is you your mid card almost seems stronger than your
2: main event. Right. First of all. And second of all, it was just like it felt like the guys that were good were just being misused. Like they weren't being pushed up. Like so you're just seeing this like weird thing going on. It's like this big in the middle.
1: Like, why is this not? the top stuff you right. know what i mean it's like a big it sticks out like a sore thumb there you go like to give you an example folks in 1995 some of the main events involve men like <laughs> bam bam bigelow right right because he was in the king of the ring main event he main evented against lawrence taylor and nothing against bam Bam, no, but no, no, he's no, no. not new generation no. material to me to tonka but Ugh. heel. yeah sid at his worst yeah, Mabel Diesel British bulldog in 95 when it was it just didn't it was weird. Yeah, he had the short hair. He had the short hair. But then in the mid card you had guys like Shawn Michaels, right. Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, one, two, three, kid Like, good wrestlers. Hakushi. Yeah. One of your favorites, Yeah, you Hakushi, know? very underrated. Right, you had a lot of good talent there, but it was just in the middle of the pack rather than on top. I will say this. There were some
2: standouts, like older guys that came back and all of a sudden looked kind of awesome, like Waylon Mercy. Danny Spivey, yeah. Yeah, and even, you know who came in the middle of all this? Mm.
1: Mankind was actually an older wrestler, really. Yeah, and he wandered in in 96. And- yeah in the early in the early part Yeah. yeah so he's new generation really helped change things yeah he was a part of it why is the sky blue what happened to my ear why am I the way I am and why are so many people
0: so frightened of me?
2: But again, th- there was occasions where the older, you know, veteran
1: guys would come in. But I mean, for the most part... For the most part, you were dealing with shit like Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Yeah.
0: Well, let me tell you something. You ain't gonna be singing. You're gonna be squealing like one of them cows has had this brain and iron stuck on his booty.
1: You know, and Rad Radford. Yeah. Skip. And I like Chris Candido, but just skip. You yeah. know what I mean? Skip and zip. It's very
2: misguided, most of it, too. It's like, it's like Vince's vision of what young people like to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is always funny.
2: Yeah, it, that's, <laughs> I think that was the main problem. And, and
1: really, the Attitude Era, if you really think about it, it's what young people actually like. At the time, yeah, yeah. It, it totally was. Yeah. You had this old mentality from an aging, you know, not that he was old at the time, but getting older, Vince McMahon, right. who ruled the roost in the 80s with his formula and stuff like that, yep. trying to duplicate that or replicate that or recreate that with Diesel as the the big, heroic, virtuous champion fighting off the fat heels and the nasty bad <laughs> yeah. guys of the month. But it didn't work because what the fans were really getting into around that time were the younger underdogs, right. like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, or just cool guys like Razor. He was still cool in 95. Just edgier characters. Edgier characters, right yeah that's
2: ultimately what his fans wanted all his fans were stalwarts left over from the time when vince knew what he was doing yeah and they were like grown
1: up now they were kids when they watched rock and wrestling and all that yeah and even in the cases for kids like us that we happen to get into it even you and i yes who grew up in the wrestling starting in 94 95 we knew it wasn't that good. Yes. Which we is knew, amazing. We knew
2: it was better before because yes. we could get our hands on tapes at the rental stores, which is kind of ironic because if you think about it, Vince set that up to make money. But in essence, it showed us that his current product was shit. Right, exactly. Like it if exposed we got, it. Yeah, you know, we got into it and we're like, Well, I want to watch more wrestling, so I go to the video store and I get <laughs> tapes and there's still you know, the tapes the old wrestling now that's the eighties and early nineties, mm-hmm. like that was not too old when we were getting into it. So we got to look at it and we're like, oh, this is only a couple
1: years ago. This isn't that bad. And then we watch it and we're like, this is amazing. Why are they not doing this? (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, when I got into wrestling in 1994, think about this. WrestleMania six was only four years old. Right, exactly. But it seemed like an eternity ago. Yeah. Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior? Right, it didn't seem anything like they were presenting, although the warrior would come back.
0: There's gonna be squealing gold dust and you're gonna be the biggest squealing pig
1: of all yeah and that was a an attempt by vince obviously in the new generation era folks in 1996 to kind of Maybe get more lightning in a bottle recaptured, right? You know, and, and that didn't work. Nope. it's amazing how many things he tried, and I got to give him credit. I mean, at least he brought the warrior in. I got to say this
2: about this this discussion as we're talking about it. If yeah. it sounds like we're jumping all over the place, this is like essentially what the new generation was. It was like just throw everything out at
1: like it's confusing. Like, it was, and I'm not. Uh, my goal here wasn't to do like a chronological history of the new right. generation yeah. era. More of just like a general, you know, discussion of it. Because what it followed was the boom, and what it preceded was the second boom, you know, the yeah. Attitude Era. Yeah. It's a very odd era, yes, sandwiched is. in between two very high peaks. And it very abruptly ends. End of 96, early 97, yeah, things I,
2: change. I mean, the true, this is going to sound weird, but the true end is those couple of bad Raws, and then all of a sudden Vince Russo's involved, and no more new generation like, yeah uh,
1: absolutely yeah. we we've talked about Russo before but he was a very big reason um, again we've always said we don't give him all the credit and we not we're not saying he didn't have faults yeah if you want to see a
2: nice book into it i always say get that live wire where vince is on and vince Russo like craps on like jim Cornette's style of booking and mm-hmm. vince's style of booking like mm-hmm. on the air live yep in front of like a call-in crowd yeah. and like he's just saying like the, nobody wants to see this anymore essentially
0: Now with all this knowledge and all this experience, I have one question and one question only for you and so does everybody else out there. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? Look at the production facilities. Look at the people you have working on this staff. How can this show be so awful? excuse me people at home again this is typical wrestling wrestling is it wrestling what do you say down there in Kentucky or Tennessee wherever you come from typical wrestling Jim Cornette this is 1996 Jim Cornette you hear me people don't want to hear this anymore
1: Okay. and and obviously Vince McMahon gave him free reign to do that at that point but that showed that Vince McMahon finally got it right and so that's why I thought it worked is you had the great ideas of Vince Russo being filtered through Vince McMahon and whomever else was there and it was rocky at
2: first there was a couple of misattempts I think like trying to make it edgy for no reason like I think of things like the flying nuns it's like well you know it's it's nuns so like we're screwing with that taboo that was stupid yeah but like that's dumb like you know what I mean and but I appreciate like the attempts to okay what are our limits here what can
1: we what can we throw out and it will work a notable example of how they started to crawl out of it is Quinn and I watched not to review we were just watching it uh, a live wire, the first one of '97 with Jim Ross and Vic Venom, Vince yeah. Russo, and if you recall, that was right in the midst of when Shawn Michaels is about to fight Sid, but he was still feuding with Bret Hart, yeah, and they were bitching at each other, yeah. But then Sid was like, "Fuck both of you," and then Steve Austin was like, "Fuck all of you," and the Undertaker's like, "I want the title now," and, and that, Vader's like, "No, fuck right.
2: you," and that highlights another big transition. Yes, in the in the new generation era it was very straightforward like every feud was kind of
1: in its own bubble right like Shawn Michaels is going to feud with the British Bulldog because of Diana right exactly
2: but what Vince Russo starts to introduce and what's kind of cool is it uses the threads from the new generation right it would use the history of like Well, a couple months ago, Shawn Michaels fought this guy or, you know, this happened or Vader didn't like him or Mm -hmm. whatever the hell. And Vince Russo said, let's just mash it all together. We know they hate each other because it's only happened like in the last year. And then all of a sudden he starts mixing and matching and everyone wants to kill each other
1: basically right and that's one of the things that made 1997 so exciting when they crawled out of the new generation era was that you really didn't know what was going to happen there was no clear-cut path anymore yeah. another
2: another thing that's interesting is we remember when we watched that blast off yeah is that reaction from todd yep. seemed very raw like almost like how a fan would react it's like it's it's chaos what's going on what's going to happen like right. and what that is kind of cool about the new generation era it's one thing is is that what was left over from all that those pieces right mm-hmm. from it they were able to cobble together into this edgier
1: product exactly and that that's a great point quinn even though the new generation era is not known for its quality it's yeah. not known for being a high point It is a good thing it happened because it really allowed the hardcore wrestling fan and the casual alike to truly appreciate the era before it and what was to follow. And I might dare say, without the fall of the Golden Era and without this kind of valley period, there might not have been a reason... For Vince McMahon to ever need to change his ways, yeah, we might have still been watching Stand Back, <laughs> yeah. all this other nonsense, and therefore lead to the Attitude Era. Yeah, so I would say, as hard as it can be to watch certain shows from that period of time, yeah, the New Generation Era was actually beneficial. In the long run, what do you think? In a weird way, the new
2: generation era is almost a slow burn to the attitude era. There you go. In a
1: weird, weird
2: way, unintentional. Unintentional. Completely unintentional, but the fallout from the new generation era collapsing is so interesting. Absolutely. You know, it's all these guys that were all nice and cheery and all of a sudden they have to, they're clawing for their spot. They're fighting each other and they don't care. And it's like, I guess all this,
1: they could have done this the whole time, but like they, they, now they're in a situation where they have to. I think that was well said Quinn. I mean, it was a period of time, the new generation era where not much went on, but the talent that was there and the remnants, like you said, the pieces that were picked up helped form what became one of the greatest periods of time to be a fan. Yes. Back after this.
0: This is what I love the most. Good food. The family getting together on Monday night. Only one thing can make this night more perfect. Hey Antonio, come in. Is everything alright, Don Chichi? Wonderful as usual. Just one more favor. It's nine o'clock. Put on Monday Night Raw. I never miss that show. I I can't do that, Don Chichi. You say no to me? I'm sorry, we we don't got a cable TV. Luigi, quick, get the car. The new WWF Generation. What a maneuver! It's it's what the family loves to watch. Where's the cheese?
1: You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling
0: Podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world.
1: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you for episode number 37 on Monday, June 26, 2017. Quinn, it's time for our beloved segment, Rushmore and Death Valley. Yes, it is. This is where we put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst go into the desert of Death Valley. And, Quinn, you get to pick this week. I'm very excited to see what you pick, because I know we got a lot of fan requests lately for for this. Yes, we did. So what are we doing? Well, last week we did um, the Samoans or the Islanders
2: yep. or whatever, and I thought this was a good uh, suggestion by Jeff Applegate over on the Facebook. Okay. And my pick for this week is second generation or multi-generation wrestlers. All right, that's a good one. I want to expand it to multi because you know there's the, a few third. I think, think second, yes, yeah, yeah. that second is too narrow. So okay. we need to expand it. And I also wanted to add one little rule. Okay, one person
1: from one family. You can't just like oh, okay. line it up
2: with hearts or or something. Samoans. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> whatever, or yeah.
1: Snookas. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So all right. Well, first of all, thanks, uh, Jeff Applegate, on the Facebook for that suggestion folks we will try to get to every single one we promise uh so keep sending your suggestions and keep letting us know your Rushmore and Death Valley mm-hmm. all right so I have the pick right the ahead multi-generation or second generation well The Rock comes to mind
0: and then all of a sudden you're jumping around like a bunch of idiots Undertaker with his Mickey Mouse tattoos and his 33 pound head
2: Of course he does. He (laughs) always
1: comes to mind when you think of multi... He's the most hyped-up, multi-generational wrestler ever. He is, and he was the son, obviously, of Rocky Johnson, who we don't really like. And he was the grandson of Peter Maivia, who we don't really like. Yeah. But I can think of another one before I even nominate him. Sure. Randy Papo, aka mm-hmm. randy savage you young punks today got nothing on the macho
0: man randy savage in my generation yeah
2: you
1: can't like even <laughs> like
2: holy shit like yeah, it's right. randy savage yeah, it's
1: randy savage obviously the son of angelo paffo yes the brother of Lanny Poffo <laughs> yes he is probably one of the greatest of all time if not the best yeah multi-generational wrestler <laughs> right ever. yeah so before we even mention the rock I figure I had to go to him do you want a volley or is your volley just like deferred to me for with the rock listen just put Randy Macho Man Savage and there's really like I can't
2: like argue he's like the George Washington yeah it's like there's just nothing else to say there's
1: really no point in further discussing his greatness we've done it a million times yes we love Randy Savage one of the most iconic charismatic beloved well-remembered well-regarded wrestlers he could wrestle he could brawl he could work he can cut a promo Mm -hmm. you have charisma just everything yeah the complete deal right there the real deal Randy Savage for Mount Rushmore. And I guess I'm up, right? Yeah. The second one that
2: comes to mind that I can't really think of anyone better is really The Rock. I mean, it's The Rock.
1: It is The Rock.
2: And I know we talked about him last week, but, you know, like, as far as multi-generational go, it's... it. Probably, Dude, yeah, I mean, other than Randy Savage, he had the
1: most success. He did have the most success, definitely. Yes. And he could wrestle. He could wrestle. And he could talk, obviously. Well, is <laughs> one of the best talkers ever. He's on Randy Savage's level of talking. And charisma. Yes. <sighs> yeah, you know what? I'm, I can't see how we wouldn't put The Rock on. Hey, and yeah. if we cruise through this, fine, because I think the Death Valley will be fun. Yes. <laughs> but if we cruise through this, that's no problem. Yeah, because if you're going to put Savage on, you kind of have to put The Rock Although on. Although I think uh, this is going to
2: be one of those cases, again, like we had last week week where there's mm-hmm. last week it was the rock and then there's everyone else this week it's brandy savage and the rock and then everybody else what about bret hart
0: you are gonna see that i am the best there is the best there was and the best there ever will be
2: well, yeah, that, but you know? I, I still don't think he meets The Rock.
1: I think The Rock is just in there. So, in other words, no one's knocking The Rock out of this. Yes. I think you're right. Yeah. I think let's just get it over with. Let's let's get rid of the formalities I here. I think we should get into the thick of it, because now we're going to run into a bunch of people. Okay, no problem. So, The Rock, now, on Mount Rushmore, two weeks in a row. Okay, so we've got Savage and The Rock. This is where it gets interesting. Well, I said Bret Hart. What else you got? There's Randy Orton. <laughs> there is. There's technically there's Bob Orton. Yeah, there's Bob Orton too. Junior. Although, I, I love Bob Orton.
2: I like. I really like Bob yeah. Orton Junior. But there's no denying that his son eclipsed him. Eclipsed him, not by much, but enough. Yeah, I'd say so. Like I know, I get it. It it might seem like a leap and bound between the two because he was like a million times world champion. But yeah, but it's this era. It's this era, and. He kind of
1: had Bob Orton to kind of get it kickstarted. He wouldn't be anybody without him. Probably not. Bob Orton did the work. Yeah. And, And Randy Orton is, for all of the criticism he's received over the years, a very talented wrestler. Yes.
0: And that reputation is Randy Orton,
1: legend, killer. A reputation... That I earn! I'm not saying he's one of the best of all time. He's not. No. But he's a very talented wrestler. He's got a good, you know, good overall look about him. Very successful. Yes.
2: But however... However?
1: Now we only got two spots. Right. And there's probably some other guys here. What about Kurt Hennig? Right. Kurt this, Hennig the is one of, that I thought of. Yeah, the son of Larry the Axe Hennig. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect himself.
0: From top to bottom, everything that I have ever done has been absolutely perfect.
1: The
2: thing with perfect... And he could definitely make this. Mm-hmm. He totally can. But I will say this about him is that I think
1: he never met his full potential. <sighs> he never was a world champion. He never was a world champion. But again, I, that doesn't make him worse. But he should have been. That's the thing. It's like in a different world, maybe Quinn or in a different he was AWA world champ, right? He but was I mean, yeah, the, technically not really, a world champion. I guess I'm not really counting it, but I don't blame you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. That's yeah. fine. I don't blame you. But yeah, I uh, well, there's a reason why i was thinking between Orton and perfect. Orton's probably belongs on well, there more. Let's,
2: let's throw another one.
1: Go ahead. Terry Funk.
2: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah now terry funk is the real freaking deal son of dory funk the real senior funking deal the real
1: funking deal yeah chainsaw charlie yeah and he, you know what the cool thing about him is he had two stints two distinct this is stints. what i love about terry Funk. he was the serious straight-up old-school wrestler yes. in the set into the 70s and in- into the early 80s and then he gets to the late 80s where he becomes crazy terry funk which i actually Love. I always associate him with just blood on his face, yeah. blood on his shirt, a t-shirt on, you know what I yeah. mean? Doing moonsaults and crap in ECW. He's surprisingly aerial for yeah. what he is, too. And right. that, that's what I always
2: liked. He was, like, hard-nosed, but, you know, he could flip. He could jump. He was he was no stranger
1: to the top rope. And he was an NWA world champion. Right. Like, when world. it really mattered. when it In the 70s, when it actually <laughs> yeah. mattered. When it actually really mattered. I and...
2: Think, Mm-hmm. I'll give him this too. Mm-hmm. He was willing to put over anybody. That's was, a, that's yeah. a that's
1: a big deal to me. He was, you know what? In fact, in his retirement in quotes match, his seven hundred retirements. Yeah, but it, one of his his first one in ninety seven, mm-hmm. he was working for ECW at the time, and he handpicked Bret Hart to put him over in his retirement match. Isn't that cool of him? Yeah, that's awesome.
0: The Hitman Hart gets a heartbreaking victory here at Amarillo, Texas. But what a hard-fought battle by Terry Funk!
1: Bret Hart heel Canada. Bret Hart, like he was in the middle of that. Yeah, he they bring him in for this ECW show. I did. Is that and on Funk, the know, network? Uh, I don't know if it is. I've never seen that. It is a decent match, but Bret Hart beats Terry Funk in his, in his, you know, not really his retirement yeah. match, but you know, we thought it was. So Funk, yeah, is a great contender. But here's another one, Quinn. Sure. Ted DiBiase is actually second gen. Yeah, he falls in there because... When, Mike, Mike DiBiase, yeah, right? Mike DiBiase. Yep. He was adopted. He was adopted. Yeah. I've told you this before, right? Yeah, you've right? told me this. Yeah. You didn't know that until recently. No. Yeah, so he is actually the son of Iron Mike DiBiase. Yeah. But adopted, but that counts, obviously. He's in there. He's yeah. in there. So is good, but I don't know. I think Funk might be better Funk than he's
2: crazy good. Yeah, he is.
1: Yeah. He really is. Um, let's just throw in a couple before Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, of course. Right. Dustin. Oldest, uh, yeah, definitely. Or regular Dustin. Or regular Dustin, yeah. And Cody technically. Yeah, Cody. But, although eh.
2: Cody still has a lot to prove and he's kind of doing his thing in Japan right now. So I'll let his career
1: keep going. Keep going. He's like he's, our age. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's got a
2: lot more to go. Yeah. True. Before he meets the Dustin level right. of greatness. Because Dustin, what I like about him is he can play a goofy guy, like when he Goldless got electrocuted, that <laughs> right. thing. He could play like a serious thing, like mm-hmm. when Marlena was kind of getting attacked or yeah. whatever, and you know, that's my wife, like, you know. He could cut a good promo too. He could do a he hardcore could. thing when he on the back
1: of the truck against really? barry darso you had to bring that up again it's so good <laughs> didn't yeah. we talk about that recently yeah we did, but did it, matches i love something? it i you love do? it
2: <laughs> i love that match i love that he was willing to fight on the back of a moving vehicle that guy didn't give a shit no, by didn't. the way dustin rhodes also like for a lot of these multi-generational guys they're like silver spoon like everything just gets as far as wrestling is concerned everything just gets handed to them that yeah. guy would do whatever the fuck
1: That's true like, kind of like funk true yeah like but i i have to say quinn Let me do it in this voice. You know, I have to say, (laughs) if you talk about the second generation wrestling, got to put Bret Hart. Yeah, above all these guys, he should be the number three. Yeah, I mean, definitely the most success, probably the best wrestler of all these guys. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and you know, if you're talking Savage, if you're talking The Rock to me the next logical guy to put on there is Bret Hart. Sure. The best Hart. Yeah. I mean I loved Owen and everything Mm-hmm. or as Bret Hart would say I love you Owen. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but Bret's better. Go ahead. Put All it right. In. Let's just get Bret Hart on there and then we can duke it out for the fourth it's gonna spot. Be, it's going to be busy down it's there. It's a battle royal yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Bret Hart for number three. So, so Donnie doesn't get mad at us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have The Rock, The Rock, yeah, (laughs) Randy Savage, and Bret Hart. That's our three. We need one more. We've got floating around Kurt Hennig, Terry Funk, Ted DiBiase, Randy Orton, yeah, Dustin. Dustin. What about
2: Dory Funk Jr.?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's a wrestler's wrestler, right? Yeah, he's more
2: technical. Not as notable. He would make some appearances with um, what's his head? his brother
1: terry yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah but he's not as notable as terry funk i would say that dory's probably the better wrestler if you care about wrestling yeah but terry's the better everything (laughs) the better funk okay i just wanted to clear that up so we covered him (laughs) right but you know who else now what is second gen tully blanchard I was going to bring him up because Joe Blanchard. I love Andrew. Tully Blanchard. Right.
2: Oh my Tully. goodness! I love Tully Blanchard. You really like him, yeah. A lot, I right? like the character where he's arrogant and all that. I like that he's hard nosed and he's willing to you know duke it out in that like cage match with sure. Magnum. Sure, I like that. He was in the Four Horsemen. That yeah. it adds to his like greatness. Excuse me, Mr. Jim Crockett is out here? Mr. Crockett, what do you got? Another check to cancel or something? And I also like his little-known ECW feud with uh, Shane Douglas. Yeah, and one of the first guys, along with Terry Funk, to acknowledge I'm older. Yeah, I'm old. I haven't done this in a while, yep. but I, I'm good for one more fight. Like you know, like he yeah. kind of he went the spectrum. Really, he went you know from young to old did it all didn't they have a one hour time limit draw or i something? believe so in
1: like florida or something or a 90 right? minute yeah. time limit or something ridiculous something ridiculous right? yes. you know, like blanchard is good he's kind of like the sears version of rick flair yeah <laughs> you know what
2: i mean <laughs> i mean it, it's in a good way though i feel it is. like it, it's like the mid-card version but he was awesome he, he really was. was he was Oh, man, we got a lot. It's crowded down there. Who do we got now? What 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 do we got? We got Mr. Perfect and Tully Blanchard. Goldust. Terry Funk and Goldust. Randy Orton, though. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Eh, I still would put Terry Funk above him. I'm really, like, going funk hard right now.
1: <sighs> what about the Rougeaus? I, I, <laughs> Who cares? I know, I mean, but I mean... They're not, like, the worst yeah. or the best. Jacques Rougeau Sr. folks yeah. was, you know, the the dad of them. I don't... What
2: about Kerry Von Erich?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah son of fritz well, this this gets very complicated yeah, at the bottom it does well if you're talking Kerry, though wasn't david even better you say
2: that but Kerry had the six like serious he carry made it to the big time Kerry like,
1: never towed the company line yeah he, he was missing something <laughs> yeah he never turned heel <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> and, uh, enough he didn't have a leg to stand out to, to his
2: credit yes he was a world champion this, and he wait 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 fine. he also was an intercontinental champion that's something. Who cares?
1: <laughs> stop. <laughs> All I'm saying is he only won the world title because didn't his brother die? I know. And it so was like a sympathy him. thing. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. And then the intercontinental thing was only because Brutus Buffcake broke his face. Remember? Yeah. So and, to, and also <laughs> that he was going to commit suicide. Stop. Or That's not true. Are you sure? Need, you need to not say that. I don't know. Quinn? Will you stop? <laughs> don't make I'm me use so the, out of hand, don't right now. Don't make me use the soundboard. <laughs> I feel like we're forgetting somebody. Oh
2: Barry Windham. Barry Wyndham. He's actually, actually that's second who, gen. Yeah, that's who I that's actually again who I was thinking Yeah, because he's the son of blackjack yeah. Mulligan. Yes. Yeah. Barry, but come on. I know Terry Funk. Terry like But Orton. No, but Terry Funk. Kurt <laughs> Henning. You can't know Terry Funk. Like, I'm sorry. Just like, tell me why. Because he did it all. He he was the world champion.
1: Okay. And when it mattered. Yes, in, in the early seventies. He, yeah. he
2: was a great technical wrestler. Yes, he was. He was a great brawler. He was able to completely change his character. 100% true. which is a rarity true like there's not many people who can say that maybe Hulk
1: Hogan Hulk Hogan yeah, yeah.
2: But, you know uh, what yeah, you like, know he completely changed his character he put
1: a bunch of people over Yes, he helped put a little promotion called ECW on the map exactly and if it wasn't for that then Vince wouldn't even have anything to copy to do the attitude Era. Yeah. so because of Terry Funk's influence ECW was able to be what it was yeah Terry Funk's part of the story when it comes to ECW
2: he was the only reputable veteran that was willing to go there okay okay Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good on Terry Funk. He had that great feud with Ric Flair in '89. 89, I mean, come on, like it's Terry
1: Funk. He was also Chainsaw Charlie. Yeah, but I mean, that was (laughs) long past. I know Quinn. Yeah, that was just to hide him anyway. No, he really did. Yeah, (laughs) he really did do a lot for ECW too. Mm-hmm. On those merits, he was he was a big deal, and his whole run from you know whenever the hell he started, early seventies, late sixties, I think, yeah, until <laughs> the late nineties, yeah, but he even came back a yeah, lot. Yeah, I think you he even wrestled in the two thousands. I want to say he was in the old age outlaws or something in yeah. WCW in two thousand. Yep, yeah, Terry Funk. Okay, he's yeah. second gen. He qualifies. Let us put him in. So there you have it folks, that is our Mount Rushmore of second gen wrestlers. We've got Randy Savage, The Rock, Bret Hart, and Terry Funk, and we want to know yours. So Quinn, you have the honor right now of choosing one of the worst. Well, the first one I think of, yeah, is David San Martino. Oh, wow, David San Martino.
0: The supposedly the son of the living legend david sammartino first of all what i really want to ask you is what makes you think that you're good enough to come to the wwf when i even ever heard you in the minor leagues here you are in the big leagues who do you think you are that you're just going to come out here and ride on daddy's name
2: what son do you think you
1: he was pretty crappy oh he
2: was <laughs> junk all right he was bad well also he's just such a weird character like he first comes in and he's all bloated up (laughs) yeah and like in 85 in 85 and he gets to be on wrestlemania what the hell with that by the way because he's beefcake yes because he's bruno's son basically that's the only reason he was ever anything you know why bruno liked him Uh, well here's the thing with him is that that's what he got mad about and like quit wrestling yes i know because like literally he couldn't do anything too much ica pro yeah, no, well, he couldn't do anything because of also the shadow of Bruno. That's the ultimate, like, the shadow killing the wrestler. Yeah, you know, and he was pretty, pretty bad. He wasn't a very talented wrestler. No, but I mean, if he wasn't David Sammartino, could he have developed into anything? Eh. <laughs> I mean, you never, you don't know because you don't have the opportunity. Yeah, I don't think he would have. And then he weirdly comes to like WCW, like in the Nitro era, and he's like all skinny but ripped.
1: And he was also in UWF, remember? Yeah, that was weird. But you know what? Who's who's probably worse than him? Who? Eric Watts. And then all of a
0: sudden, hey man, I want you to uh, work a loop with Eric Watts? And then all of a sudden, hey, man, we want you you put the kid over? You really want me to put him over? Yep. And Grizzly Smith was giving me these instructions. I said, Grizz, I ain't doing it. I don't see myself getting beat by Eric Watts.
1: Bill oh, Watts. yeah, Eric Watts. Son. He was really bad. He had this horrible run in WCW when Bill Watts was booking, you know, like 92. Hmm. He threw an infamously like one foot off the ground drop kick. You know what I mean? Like One of the worst drop kicks ever. Not only that, Quinn, he was in Techno Team 2000 oh yes he was oh my goodness i forgot about that i don't know if he was travis or troy i can't remember which but
2: i just forgot it was him because i thought they came from the future (laughs) (laughs) and eric watts definitely
1: wasn't a future forward wrestler he was a shitty wrestler he was a very he's worse than david i would have to say honestly Mm.
0: far side
1: and I have another one for you while I'm on a roll here. My. Greg Gagne sucked, I was, too. I was going to ask you. I was actually going to bring him up, too. The whole deal with like him being this, like, I'm in the high flyers with Jim Brunzel and all yeah. this TV title AWA bullshit. Fuck him. He sucked. Yeah, he's. He sucked. I wouldn't say he's as bad as Eric Watts. I, and there might be worse. He's not worse than Eric Watts. That's for sure. Yeah. You got another one for me? David Flair. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, but I look at him as like a low-rent Shane McMahon in a way. Kind where he of. kind of accomplished what he was supposed to accomplish. Yeah, but I always felt David wanted to be more than that. Well, like, he was never going to be. <laughs> no, but
2: I mean, like, I saw the aim. It seemed like they tried to expand that character into more than it was. Like the aim was to be eventually like Ric Flair Jr. Basically, fair, fair
1: enough, Quinn. But like, at the same time, Shane was at WrestleMania last year against the Undertaker. Well, would you put Shane on Death Valley? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, because Shane was Shane did the David Flair thing better. He did, but I don't think David is bad enough or didn't wrestle enough. No. to be considered amongst the likes of Eric Watts. What about and Big Greg Show? Danya. Big show. He's Andre's son. He,
2: he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't meet the Andre standard, and that's a tall standard. Uh, yeah, literally. Yeah, he was in a diaper. <laughs> no. Big show, not really. I'm no. sorry. I just I had to that's, put that out there. It's not real. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay, I have one for you. Sure. Natty Neidhart. She's horrible. She is horrible. Now, he, it's controversial because a lot of people say, well, she's a really good women's wrestler. She's not. Well, here's the problem with Natty is she harps on being multi-generational more than anyone I've ever seen. Like, yeah, she does. Like, it's so obnoxious. And not to mention, she thinks she's Brett's daughter and not Jim <laughs> Neidhart's daughter. Like,
1: she won't admit it. Uh, no, I know. No, I get what you mean by that. Yeah. My dad, Brett. She doesn't actually say that, but she might as well. Yeah, she acts like it. Probably sent him a Father's Day card last Last week, you know, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Here's the thing with Natty: she would not be at the level she's been at and have the sustained career she did if she wasn't the daughter of Jim Neidhart. She is not that good, is she? Worse than Charlotte? Yes, because I think Charlotte's a bit overrated, think, but I don't, I don't think Charlotte's she's Death Valley. I think Natty's worse. I think Natty, as a personality, is obnoxious. Yeah, she is obnoxious. But you does that mean make- like no. her wrestling ability is okay? I just don't like her. But okay, I, what I can't- about Tamina? Yeah. All right. Well, if I we're mean, talking Tamina that just direction. trumps her. So she's a snooker, right? Yeah. We have one family member allowed. So is Tamina worse than Sim Snooker? Mm. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing, right? Yeah. We've also got Sim Snooker. We got Sim Snooker and Manu and all. Yeah, we only get one from the Samoan family, right? Yeah. it have to be Manu. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to put any of them on. I when... feel like this is going to be like Islander City. Hmm. So Manu would be the Anohai, I guess? Is that what uh, he's he from? Is, um, he is an Anohai, yes. Yeah, But that's also the Fatu. It's all the same fucking family. The Samoans are <laughs> one family in this regard, okay? Okay,
2: just the Samoans, but it's the Snookas are different, right? Yeah, they're not related.
1: Okay, uh, so, that's fair. So the Snookas qualify. But how about this? What? How about Brian Christopher? Mm. Waller. The king's son, huh? He sucks! I'm coming to town! I'm coming to Ritchie County High School! He had his moment, though. What moment?
2: What about... Wait. In in the same vein. Because I, I, I really don't think he, like... There's much worse. What about um all those, like armstrong people <laughs> like i can't even tell you there's like seven of there's them scott armstrong there's steve armstrong there's the road dog but then there's
1: like the Brian other armstrong, ones yeah. that would just job on wcw all the time yeah, none of them i don't think would qualify brad armstrong um now brad Armstrong's actually pretty good yeah yeah uh, they're inoffensive enough mm. here's a guy i'd love to put on but i don't think we can who jeff jarrett <laughs> I, I, I would put him on
2: <laughs> he's so bad
1: he is really
2: bad oh but he you know what his dad i don't ever think was a wrestler wasn't he only a promoter does that
1: count uh no like, it doesn't count right you have to be a second gen wrestler from a person that was a it, wrestler I, I mean because we put
2: shane in but then again vince wrestled so we didn't put shane in but i'm saying yeah, I know. We,
1: we discussed him true mm. jared can't qualify we're talking about eric watts we're yeah. talking about david San Martino. i think eric watts should be the first <laughs> Yeah, you know what? We're yeah. dumb if we don't put him on. Eric yeah. Watts for Death Valley. If you don't know who that is, folks, check him out. He's bland. He looks terrible. He has the yeah. physique of, like, Michael Richards from Seinfeld. You yeah. know, Kramer. Like, he just looks like shit.
0: Yeah, well, I was a different man then. With a different body.
1: Yeah, he did not have any <laughs> business being on Team WCW. He just yeah. looked like crap. You know who we forgot from Mount Rushmore while I'm at it? But I don't think I'd put him above anyone that was in there. Sure. Ray Mysterio Jr.?
2: Yeah, he's not. Yeah. I mean he wouldn't he, he would have made it, but he's not that bad either. No, obviously. I mean, but Very we've good. had we've had our problems with him in the past. Yo, Holmes. Yo, Holmes. <laughs> I was number
1: thirty in the rumble with Daniel Bryan. <laughs> that really soured you on him forever. Oh, I, didn't I hate him. It? No, not even but, his fault. Too. Yeah, it's not even his fault, but I just can't stand him. <laughs> Alright, back to the Death Valley. We got Eric Watts. I'm still kind of you know in tune here with Greg Ganya being on, honestly. Yeah. I thought he sucked yeah what business did he have having that kind of a run well, he's Vern's son but i that's mean that's it
2: to be honest with you he's not horrible horrible he's not manu or no, Sim snuka or okay right even david San martin david San martino's really bad
1: yeah you're right
2: and david flair oh my goodness there's yeah, so david many flair.
1: yeah but I'm, I'm not sure about flair how about this bruce hart
2: <laughs> he's gonna go there i mean i'm gonna go there he didn't ever do anything exactly. that people saw. Like, <laughs> if anything, the firefighter is worse.
1: Was he a firefighter? Keith or no, whatever? was Keith was the, the one firefighter. one with the mustache and he had the, the chicken legs. Keith was good. Eh. Keith Hart is great. Don't you ever make fun of Keith Hart on this show ever again. Well, he's great if you read the Bret Hart book, but like if you ever saw him wrestle, you'd be like, okay. What about Ted DiBiase Jr.? Yes, he's bad. He was bad, right? And they tried to make him good and he sucked. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. You know, ever since I was a kid, I want to become
2: a champion. He's pretty awful. I would say he at least had a run. That's why it's right. like I like I keep elevating in my brain David Saramartino.
1: Because like You wanna just put him on and we'll fight it he's out. He's like
2: very like it's bad. Okay. Like, he's the
1: definition of like bad second generation. He's the definition of being touted as yeah. a second gen mm-hmm. and completely falling on your face, flopping, sucking, not being talented, not having any right. And quickly, too. And quickly. Yeah. All right. Let's put David San Martino on. All right. Mm-hmm. So I have another one for you. Okay. Wow. You're really plowing them out here (laughs) well i mean but do you have one you can go if you Um, have one go ahead no but I did
2: want to bring up this guy before we go to you know who we didn't bring up Greg Valentine he wouldn't fall
1: under the bad but no he wouldn't fall under the bad or the or the best yeah, either I just wanted to get him yeah, out good there good point like, Greg Valentine son of Johnny Valentine yeah exactly very good point I, forgot and I mean about him. you could make your arguments
2: for bad like when he was like honky tonk man stooge or whatever but his, yeah, his, his, his good stuff out does
1: his bad stuff so I, I agree what about Joe Hennig Joe Hennig Curtis Axel oh yeah oh my goodness he was bad holy crap another
2: guy that should have been good however i don't think again manu like dh smith uh no no wasn't that bad harry smith no no okay manu and yeah he was also (laughs) with uh tj or whatever tj and tj wants to be second generational but he isn't (laughs) what is that he's like fake
1: second generational yeah that's true he's just somebody's generation but not a wrestler (laughs) manu yeah tamina again really we're really reliving this from last week yeah i don't
2: know who else to say because there's some they're really bad uh, manu yeah shit he's bad was rugged ronnie garvin anyone's kid Well, I mean, someone's kid, but I don't think his parents were wrestlers. Okay, yeah, I just didn't know if there was like because there was also Jimmy Garvin and all that,
1: and I didn't know all related. No, but (laughs) I didn't know I know
2: they weren't related, but I didn't know if there was some like family that that was
1: (laughs) like why was that name reused? Someone was a real Garvin at some point, I think, but it wasn't Ronnie Garvin. Was
2: Ollie Anderson someone's kid? No. Okay, he wasn't
1: even an Anderson. Who was the original Anderson? Gene Anderson. Gene, is he, is that's what I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah. But there's no actual Andersons. Well, Gene Anderson had a son, remember? Right. We saw him on Nawa or UWF, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, so. what about that um, Chief J Strongbow baby, whatever his name was? J Jr. Yeah. Jay Ju- he oh, was God. Shaved. He was bad, but he's not worse than Manu. Yeah. We liked him actually. What are we talking about? Yeah, we, he wasn't we, didn't that. Mind well, him. we
2: thought he was he thought we thought he was Chief J Strongbow.
1: You know yeah. <laughs> you know who was a wrestler for a while? I don't think he'd qualify, but the little dragon, Ricky Steamboat Jr. was a wrestler. Yeah, but he never made it. Because he sucks so bad. Yeah. We were talking about those Armstrongs, but Road
2: Dog, you wouldn't put in. No way. Yeah. Okay. I
1: wouldn't put any of the Armstrongs in. Okay. Honestly, That's they're fair. not offensive enough. I don't yeah. think. Now, wasn't now is Teddy Hart a real heart? <laughs> Teddy Hart sucks. He is a heart, right? Um, yeah, he's like one of the daughters. Right, it's like he's not. His last name isn't Hart, but he's a Hart. But he's technically. Does that make him second gen though? If yes. his parents weren't wrestlers, you know what I mean. Well, his grandfather. Well, his grandfather was. was. Yeah, so yeah. he's multi-gen. He's multi. Okay. Yeah. Right.
0: Talking to my girl, she's got a couple other girls meeting me at the hotel. They want to see how uh, my pink pants You guys know the man in the pink You guys better understand Ted Hart went to the WWE I did my job for once I think I uh, kissed enough
1: ass Teddy Hart is really bad. Remember <laughs> the thing when he did all the moon salts and then he threw up or something? <laughs> he's got, he's just a really shitty wrestler and he didn't
2: really last long. I think he's already, like, burnt... Because I think he did drugs or something. Right, I don't yeah, know I what happened to him, but he Teddy disappeared Hart. off the
1: map. Oh, God. Teddy Hart. It's sad that we'd have to consider a heart. Yeah, but it's Teddy. Yeah. I mean, I was talking about Natty. Well, Bruce. Bruce. Is Teddy worse than Natty? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. But is Teddy worse than Manu? <laughs> or Sim? Just put Manu... Oh, just Manu, come on. he
2: is really bad. So he just put him in, number three. Just get him in there.
1: All right, fine. Manu making another appearance. <laughs> Two how, weeks. how does that happen, yeah. by the way? Well, all right, Manu, let's put him in. Manu again. Yeah, yeah, Manu. I didn't think we'd ever be talking about him again <laughs> after last week. But lo and behold, that's yeah. Jeff Applegate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking about Manu again. Well, <sighs> well, that brings up another one who would definitely make it. Yeah. Sim Snuka because Yeah, but between him and Tamina from the Snuka family there, who do we choose? I think Sim, most, I think Sim most Sim, definitely. I think he's somehow worse.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's worse. I, I think you had something with Brian Christopher there that we didn't explore what do you want to say about him yeah i'm fine with that just i don't that, like him like, at all i guess here's the here's my problem with putting him on it yeah is that he did have like some success unlike sim snook well sim snook had just had about the same exact success because
1: he was a tag champ also uh huh. he was deuce <laughs> yeah he, he was the deuce <laughs> he was the deuce brian christopher if it wasn't for the fact that he was able to look into too cool yeah. And which, by the way, was only really over because Fat Rakishi's ass. Yeah. Well, what about Fat Rakishi? I mean, I don't think he's worse than any of these people. We can't put another Samoan in, though. Oh, uh, wait. We put Manu on. We sorry. put Manu. I apologize. Now, again, though, he's from the Fatu family. And I know I no, said earlier. <laughs> no, no. Enough of that. All right. Brian Christopher Quinn. Yeah, Brian
2: Christopher. Did you ever like him um, for what he was? Well, I did like the Too Cool version, actually. But why?
1: Because he was fun. That's all. Oh, good. He was fun slightly. Sim
2: Snuka was nothing. He was nothing, Joe.
1: He was so, crappy. So not only do we have to relive Manu again, yeah, we have to relive Deuce, yeah. But they're now associated with, um,
2: you know, the San Martino baby and uh, Eric Watts. Eric Watts. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Ugh!
1: Is this really the road we're taking here? <sighs> Who else
2: is worse? Honestly, <sighs> Ray Rougeau. <laughs> no like, he's great eh. what i mean he he's not the good one of the two let's put it that Dude, way do you just
1: not like the way he talks
0: see the thing is i was always a loyal guy you saw like i said i turned
1: down offers to go against vances because vince gave me a a break he just i talk with this french accent and he was a I bad commentator <laughs> <laughs> he was a bad everything like he
2: was the worst
1: member of the team yeah but he wasn't that bad And Jean-Pierre Lafitte wasn't related to anyone, right? (laughs) No, he was great. Yeah. He was awesome. No, Pierre Pierre's fine. Okay. I have no problem with Pierre. Okay. (laughs) Too bad we can't freaking put Rikishi in there. That was a good one. Yeah, but Rikishi is too too much success. I get it. Joe Hennig? No. No. Not bad enough. Not bad enough. Little Dragon? Not bad enough. Little Dragon's nothing. There's just nothing. Natty? Natty. Teddy. Not as bad as Sim. Yeah. Sim. Yeah. Oh, we're really coming down to Sim Snooka. I mean, I I'm hate, not okay to say it, but I mean, I don't think Greg Gagne is that bad compared to Sim Snooka. True. I mean, who is worse? You know, I mean, really, <sighs> any women? Tessa, Tessa Blanchard's really good. She's good. And Lacey, Charlotte's Lacey. Oh, Lacey. Lacey Von Eric. <sighs> Ooh,
2: Lacey Von Erich.
0: I'm third generation. Granddad was a wrestler. My dad was Carrie Von Eric. So
1: she is no good. She might be worse than Sim. Is she worse than Tamina? Yes. Well, she might be worse than Sim also. All she had was that
2: TNA run. And I don't think she like she would barely wrestle. And she was just shitty. Right. She's a
1: bit dainty. There's a little daint. Yeah. Yeah. E. Lacey. Lacey and Sim we just, we just took a wild turn here. Lacey, huh Lacey von eric how are you think, feeling about that i think i'm okay with putting her on now folks again one last reminder if we miss people just let us know and put your yeah. mount rushmore and death valley together we want to hear yours yeah. we want to know who we missed so just to recap Lacey, she was just a female
2: wrestler in tna yeah we never really did anything
1: and she was carrie's daughter she was carrie's daughter and you wouldn't put the genius in just just no to... he's fine lanny Poffo's fine
2: Lacey von eric <laughs> Even like when they used her, like they brought her into the beautiful people, and she was like the crappy one. With like, cute Kip, was yeah, she... and they tried to make her the leader. I think of it. Yeah, later. didn't they? Not cute Kip was gone by that point. Cute Kip, <laughs> yeah. That's all I remember
1: from the beautiful people was cute Kip. Her finisher was the claw. Oh, she's in. Yeah, Based uh, on that alone, okay. <laughs> Death Valley, Lacey von Eric. Well, there you go. Yep, we have completed our Mount Rushmore. And Death Valley of second-generational or multi-generational wrestlers. Big thank you to Jeff Applegate on Facebook. Thank you, Jeff. For giving us that suggestion. And folks, we want to get your suggestions. Let us know. We really, truly will do the best that we can to get to every single suggestion that we receive. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're reviewing something back after this.
0: If you're not getting Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine, you're missing out on plenty of action and excitement from the entire wrestling world. Each month, Pro Wrestling Illustrated brings you 73 power-packed pages of match coverage, interviews, special features, exclusive ratings, and the famous Pro Wrestling Illustrated full-color centerfold. During this LPWA boutique special offer, receive a full year of Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine 12. Big issues for the low, low price of just $19.95. That's 30% off the newsstand price. You'll enjoy year-round news of the LPWA along with all the latest from pro wrestling around the world and now you can get 12 big issues for just nineteen ninety-five. here's how to order don't call them the after mags hey it's sean mooney i may no longer be in the event center but if i was i'd be talking about our vantage point retro wrestling podcast all right boys let's get
1: to it and welcome back wrestling fans to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast Quinn, it's time for our final segment, and we are reviewing something. Yes, we are. Now, this was good because last week we took this trip to England. Mm-hmm. Sailed over there, you know? Yeah. And it was nice to get back into our comfort zone, although we loved that show last week, World of Sports I thought wrestling. it was great. It was great. It Fantastic was. little show, surprisingly. Now, this is much more in our comfort zone, but this is not some something that Quinn and I had ever seen. In fact, like the actual, not the episode, The actual syndicated show itself, Quinn and I had never seen. Right. And this is WCW Power Hour from June 22nd, 1990. Now, two things. First of all, it was actually a (laughs) multi-requested show here from Mark Riley, And we finally got to it. We didn't forget you. Promise he wanted us to do a Power Hour from 89 or 90. So here you go. We never forget. We never forget. We just, you know, it takes time. We gotta get to things. Yeah. But what was Power Hour? So this was on the lower tier of their syndicated shows. Well, actually, this wasn't syndicated. This is on TBS. But they had going on, you know, Pro, Worldwide, Saturday Night, Main and then, Event. And then later they had Prime. This Is, is this <laughs> yeah. more on Prime's tier? Yeah, it's would probably you say? more on Prime's tier. Okay. Exactly. And this show ran Quinn from 89, so we're early in the run here, mm-hmm. until 1994. Whoa. Yes, who was watching it in 94? I didn't even know it was on that I didn't either. I had to look that up just Hmm. out of curiosity. The power hour. So we're... Very (laughs) powerful hour. It's a very powerful hour. (laughs) So we start here... With a very good song in the intro. You really liked it. Yeah,
2: it felt like Sega Genesis or something. Like all WCW. I always say this. Any music that WCW picks
1: out, it sounds like a video game. It does. Like everything they do. Probably because it's all public domain and yeah. cheap. Yeah. You know, honestly. Well, it's not, it's still, it still wasn't a bad intro. No, it wasn't. And they're still branded here, even though they are World Championship Wrestling and everything. Yeah. They're still using the NWE branding here. Yep, which they're they w- still paying them. Yep, they continue to do that for a while. So that's the era that we're in. We're in the Jim Hurd era, and you're going to hear a lot more about him. Yes, Jim Hurd, or as Quinn calls him, Pizza Hut guy. Yeah, Pizza Hut man. Because was... <laughs> wasn't he the CEO of Pizza Hut or he something? He was the CEO of Pizza Hut before he came over to help run WCW. That seems like a great idea. Get the Pizza Hut guy. <laughs> it's like they talked to Warlord or something and was like, that's the guy we need. <laughs> so we're hosted by Jim Ross against like... You know those like nineteen eighties like baby portrait backgrounds, like those blue, <laughs> yeah. slightly textured backgrounds? Yes. Those screens. Yeah, it was
2: very classy. I very guess. Very classy I JR. Guess. I mean, very professional. And I was saying I feel like I'm getting ready to watch Wide World of Sports on ABC. <laughs> Why was that? Just because like is like treating it like a sports, like we're well, yeah. about to treat you to some wrestling for an a for a powerful hour, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for being with us here on TBS and the Power Hour. I'm Jim Ross, and I'll be
1: your host for the next 60 minutes. We've got a great program for you. And then we get our first mention of Jim Hurd. Apparently here, Jim Ross has been advising Jim Hurd about what the fans want. JR, the pulse of the people. Yeah, really. <laughs> like all of a sudden, Jr. Like I don't know if they ever revealed that Jr. had any backstage, you know, influence on the show. Apparently, he does
2: because he did he's in real gonna, life. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, well, he does in the but the th-
2: announcer job does. Here, yeah, it's yeah. weird. He's that's, like our advocate, I guess.
1: And I've been telling Jim Hurd about what the people want. That's yeah. how Jr. sounded in '90. Mm-hmm.
0: Jim Hurd, executive vice president of World Championship Wrestling, has been in conference with the board of directors of WCW for most of this day. I spent a great deal of time with them, expressing what I thought the fans wanted
1: someone to say. It's high-skill. And high-skill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he's trying to push for Jim Ross, the announcer. Right. In kayfabe is trying to push for Sting versus Flair. Well, it's not what everybody wants anyway. Yes. So he is doing it for the fans. Self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah. though, really. Anyway, yeah. it's really amazing, Quinn, to me how different the WCW JR was compared to the Attitude era, Jim Ross. He's more know? about like sports. He's more in a Gordon Solie yes. vein, which he does always notice. Very his favorite much. announcer, very much. So, very classy, very professional, very straight laced. Yeah. No. Oh, by God! Yeah, you know, and none and of that barbecue stuff, hat yeah. and all yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> barbecue of, hat. Doesn't wear a
2: cowboy hat. <laughs> no, definitely it is not. weird seeing Jr. with that hat on too. Or sometimes. glasses.
1: Yeah, no glasses. It's early, younger Jr. Yeah. Anyway, so here's what we get. <laughs> That's Mm. our first match. Very Mm. weird match. This is bizarre considering it's just power hour. Yeah. We get Ric Flair, the champion. Yeah, what? Teaming up with... Iron Anderson, <laughs> Iron Anderson, Art Anderson, yeah, versus Captain Mike Rotunda, the boat version, yeah, a windbreaker and a hat, <laughs> yeah, like not the captain of the varsity team. No, he's captain of a boat. He has a ship now. Yeah, maybe he should take that ship and sail over to England and he watch World like Sport. A big jobber here, he by did, the way, because he's teaming with some guy named Jerry Price Who? that we've never heard yeah. of. Now, Sid is accompanying um, Flair and Iron Anderson here in a very nice suit. Now, it is a tux. You must note. It's that's that's
2: what's even weirder.
1: Is like Like sit sit in a tux.
2: Sit in a tux is something I never thought I'd say and that's something I never thought I'd see. It you know, is
1: very, very strange. And
2: I look at this arena and I say, Where
1: are they? In a casino? It looks like, like where they did Heroes of Wrestling almost.
2: Yeah, and it's got the like it's got the like advertisement pads on the posts.
1: Yeah, it's like, very cheap looking, yeah. you
2: know. Well, or back then that was considered like high end because like Was it? Yeah, because it was like the era of the big fight with Mike Tyson and stuff like that. Atlanta so getting City that style, boxing yeah. look okay.
1: almost was fancy. Fair. Like, Jerry Price here, this guy that Rotundo is teaming with, looks a lot like Too Cold Scorpio. Oh, yeah. I actually, I thought for a second it was Too Cold Scorpio, like, as f- soon as I saw him. It's not, though, right? Because no. I, Scorpio's real name is Charles Skaggs. It was not It's not him. Not him at all. But anyway, so Flair has very long hair. It's, like, longer than I've seen his it's hair. It's super puffy. It's really yeah. long. Yeah. Puffy hair. Yeah. He calls out Sting to the camera. Sting! Sting! Get it yeah, you yeah. Know, like whatever Flair says. The ring ropes are the WCW colors—the blue, white, and yellow. I have no time. problem with this nope. because as
2: Fine. long as you're in brand with the ring ropes, <laughs> yeah. it's when you have like stupid colors that I get, like that have nothing to do with anything, like purple. Yeah, you know, purple. for no reason. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. of. So
1: we have not Nick Patrick as the ref. I don't know who it is. Some yeah. guy that kind of looks like Nick Patrick, but it's, it's sort not. of like Randy Anderson. I want to say, Yeah, but it's also yeah. not. I don't know with this the guy's puffier name. puffier mustache. <laughs> <You> fluffier, <laughs> fluffier. So we get the cap in Iron Anderson to start. Iron Anderson. (laughs) JR, by the way, is by himself on commentary, just for the record. Well, good.
2: Because, I mean, we could have had Missy Hyatt. I saw something recently
1: with her and him, and she's useless. Why was Missy Hyatt? Well, it's, I get it. Same reason they made Sonny a commentator sometimes. Right. I mean, Missy Hyatt was considered like a bombshell. She was like the her, 80s Sonny. Yeah, yeah, she really was. You know what? She doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. When you talk about like the women of wrestling, because mm-hmm. everyone's always like, oh, Sonny was the first diva. But Missy, Missy Hyatt, Hyatt was around in like 86 or something, like really long time. Really long time.
2: Yeah.
0: Eddie and I have been together for a long time and I was sitting at home and I got tired of seeing Eddie getting double teamed and then we got his nose broke and I couldn't take it anymore so that's why I'm back and I'm going to stand right here beside my man.
1: Missy Hyatt. Yeah, Missy Hyatt. Maybe we'll do something on her Very interesting. Yeah, Yeah. Missy Hyatt. Anyway, so Flair and IRS here have a nice sequence. (laughs) And then we notice, and this wasn't commented on by JR, that Ole Anderson is also a ringside. No one acknowledges it. Yeah, just in like a polo shirt and suspenders, just hanging around. Real cool guy, Ole. So then Arn here, Iron, DDT's Wall Street on the outside. That was awesome. That's like some, you know, Jake Roberts Steamboat yeah, style and Flair stuff. Flair is just beating the crap out of Scorpio. Yeah, Scorpio. Yeah. And then Arn gets a DDT on Scorpio. It's mm-hmm. not really who it is for the win. So also another thing that was not mentioned, we, Quinn notices, yeah. Barry Windham was on the yeah, outside as well. just in his vest calmly on the outside. He looked like crap though because he had his hair in the ponytail. Well, you know, it's he after, like he's not wrestling right now so he's kind of casual. He wants his hair out of his face. He's just trying to <laughs> Do his business. He looks at the Widowmaker version of him, though. You know what I mean? From well, like '89, the Widowmaker version is almost the same thing. It is. It's yeah. pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So anyway, so the Horsemen then all get in the ring. They beat down Jerry Price until mm-hmm. this great team, Junkyard Dog, in like a polo shirt. Yeah, and, and like jeans khakis or, something, or, or khakis. something. Yeah, Sting, of yeah. course. And Orndorff, the Dudes with Attitudes was the name of the stable. Yeah, they very, the save. very weird. Sting as the pink Zubas in a yeah, rat what tail. What the hell with those Zubas?
2: And then I note to you, why would Paul Mini-Arm Orndorff be in your stable? <laughs> like, yeah,
1: like, who wants that? Yeah, it's, it's so, like, what the hell? And then we get so the basically the segment just ends. Always got a stupid suspenders on. Then we get this great segment, which I <laughs> believe we've reviewed once other one other time. Yeah, the wrestling network news, which is the CNN <laughs> knockoff. Yeah, it's of, basically CNN. It's basically CNN and like wrestling got Combined, together yeah. and they made a news network like even the logo i think we've yeah. mentioned this but just for the record even the logo is the cnn logo but with a w and it's blue instead so anyway gordon Sully hosts the wnn <laughs> and he's just bitching about the horseman yeah know, like, such a problem horsemen, with them he, he says this they have an obsession with interfering in matches
0: horrible i want to show you again about this obsession the horsemen have with interfering in matches
1: obsession why can't he say that correctly (laughs) it's obsession not uh, obsession obsession Uh, obsession (laughs) so then we cut to the clash of the champions from about a week ago and it's (laughs) subtitled by the way i I was gonna say (laughs) coastal crush that that should have went on
2: worst pay-per-view
1: names right there but it wasn't a pay-per-view so i guess that's almost brian adams gimmick coastal crush was it kona crush oh oh yes okay yeah (laughs) So that I mean, Brian, Brian Adams. Yeah, oh, that yeah. Brian Adams. <laughs> yeah. So we get a clip of Luger in very, very pink tights. He gets beat down before the match by the horsemen, but he still somehow pins Sid with a clothesline.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that, that was <laughs> weird. He just like freaking like, boom, yeah. done, I'm out of here, and leaves.
1: He calmly walked away.
2: Yeah, he just leaves. He's like he's just like clapping his way out <laughs> yeah.
1: there. Like nothing ever happened. Yeah. It's like the four horsemen try to beat him down. I'm just trying yeah. to visualize this for the folks, right? He just kind of slips out of there. He's like, nope, and he clotheslines. <laughs> (laughs) Sid, pins him while like still in the ring, and And he he just leaves. (laughs) Yeah, he just gets out of there. It's kind of cool. So then we get back to Gordon here. Yep. He also brings up Jim Heard. This Jim Heard meeting is so important. (laughs) Jim Heard is like all over this show in name only.
0: I've had an opportunity to meet with Mr. Jim Hurd and the NWA Board of Directors during this past
2: week. By the way, how did they get Gordon Soley to sign up for this crap? Like, this seems, like, so below him. Like, I I don't know. Like, why isn't he just commentating with Jr. Like, why is he in the yeah. in the CNN Center, the wrestling version, <laughs> in the wrestling know. division?
1: The wrestling division yeah. of
2: CNN. That's pretty much what WCW was. Yeah, basically. If you really think about it. Well, I love Turner because there was a lot. There was the Captain I know. Planet division and <laughs>
1: shut up the Cartoon Network and the division. Atlanta Braves yeah. division. Yeah. Anyway, so the Great American Bash is coming up. We get a promo for it. It's July seventh. Yep. So then they run down. This is great. Like a scroll of literally. Every cable company by state But this is my favorite part that you can find this on. So they're doing this right?
2: Yep. And it's like two minutes, like it's really long, and they can't even finish it and they just cut it off at M. <laughs> it's like true. Yeah. It just stops at M and then And wh- I had mentioned to you that like they're probably gonna have to like come back to this, right? right. And stay tuned, we'll find
1: out. <laughs> exactly. We come back to J.R. He welcomes us back. He mentions that they're gonna be in Tennessee tomorrow, Quinn. Woo. <laughs> Yeah. We take a look at the U.S. champ Lex Luger again. Yep. He is heading into a match coming up at the Bash Coin against Mean Mark Callis. More oh. on him later. Yeah, the Undertaker. That's right, the Undertaker. But first of all, Lex Luger versus
2: Barry Horowitz. Had, I was he for here for like a second, Joe. Like I don't remember this. And why does he have a gimmick? Like he actually has the jacket with the like <laughs> yeah. hand, ba- ba-
1: hand on his back thing. Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> pat on the back. Same pink tights for Luger. Yeah. There's this clean cut ref that I don't recognize. It turns out it was Nick Patrick. Yeah. No, no mustache and short hair, short hair. Yeah. No mullety hair. So this whole time you've been looking for Nick Patrick and he was right he's right there, right under your nose. <laughs> I love Nick Patrick. Yeah. One of my favorite refs. Anyway, Luger has very fluffy. Speaking of hair, because you know, Flair had long, fluffy yeah. hair. Luger's hair is very fluffy and long yeah, as well.
2: I like this Luger only because he reminds me of the happy nitro version that beat Hogan. So, like, yes. I
1: was fine with this Lex Luger. It is very, very similar yeah. to the 96, 97 Lex Lugar. It's not the, like, American hero Lex Luger in It's or any not that the America's, crumbling, America's Lex Lugar. crumbling Lex Luger. America's crumbling. America's crumbling. Someone get us a shirt that says America's crumbling. But spelled out crumbling. Crumbling. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be one of the things we sell on OVT.com or whatever our. Oh, thing shit. Is. You're yeah. right. America's crumbling. <laughs> Or we could just put, like, bricks breaking, like, pollution or something. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, as the match starts here, the horsemen continue their obsession with interfering. Yeah, a big obsession. (laughs) And then JR calls Ole Anderson the godfather of the horsemen.
2: Yeah, more like the lazy uncle of the four horsemen he was never like he the leader no. or they didn't look to him <laughs> no. he sucks so bad they kicked him out because he, he like wanted to go to his kids softball game or something you remember that yeah like flair on that like horseman DVD like bitches and moans about he wasn't in it I, I don't like him like, no one liked Ole yeah. Anderson and
1: Ole Anderson doesn't like anybody yeah he's terrible he's actually a very curmudgeon-y he, like, no, th- everyone, he does not he, seem like a nice guy no he has a history nobody wanted to work with him and that's kind of why
2: he got kicked out of the business he just he kept going up the ladder and once he made to the top, like, after that point,
1: nobody wanted to work with him anymore, so who the hell was going to hire him? And he may very well have been, this is June of 90, so I don't remember, he may very well have been booking or being involved with booking at this time. I know there was a handoff from Flair to him at some point. Which was the beginning of the end for him as anything As in anything in wrestling yeah. yeah really in the midst of this obsession mm-hmm. <laughs> sting wanders out and then arn you know to quinn has a very puffy workout sweatshirt yeah, on
2: he doesn't give a shit this is the <laughs> arn i like when he's like he has like a giant sweatshirt i think tully had the giant sweatshirt once but, yeah, of, but I you love know it. when he's like done doing stuff <laughs> for the night and he's just like i put my hat on that doesn't he doesn't bring it down all the way you know what you know how i don't one of like, your pet peeves yeah. yeah
1: and then he he has the sweatshirt sometimes he has sweatpants on too sometimes he does yeah, yeah so he's in that mode right now mm-hmm. in the meantime Luger press slams and then power slams and then torture acts Horowitz for the win then JYD and baby arm run out again yeah is that like all this show is, it's is been the like half versus the sh- them like half the show has been just this feud Sting with his stupid pink pants mm-hmm. Zubas. Zubas Pink Zubas that's right then we get a very serious promo from Sting about Ric Flair remember and that
2: he acknowledges he yeah. says I'm gonna tone it down a bit here yeah. I'm gonna keep it down a
0: little bit A little bit on the opposite end of what the Stinger's all about because I want everybody
1: to understand this and I want you to understand it too, Ric Flair. But he does say walk the aisle like seven times. Cause Ric Flair says that, I guess. I know, but he really said it way too many times.
0: You've asked me to walk the aisle I don't know how many times and I've walked it every single time. You've asked me to walk the aisle again, I'm gonna walk it. Maybe I asked you this time to walk the aisle and I'm gonna walk
2: the aisle so I bring this up to you, I say, so is Sting the, like, sane version of the Ultimate Warrior at this point? Like, it's just, yeah. like, a rational
1: version of the Ultimate Warrior? I always thought, not that Sting was an answer to the Ultimate Warrior, because he wasn't. He was no. Sting before the, he was just around Sting. the same time. Yeah. And they were obviously the, the Blade Runners. They were tag right. partners And then in they were South. split up, and they both made it to the top. Yep, in separate promotions. Mm -hmm. But I always thought they were somewhat analogous because they had very similar face paint. Yeah. They were bigger guys. I mean, obviously, the Warrior was very steroidy. Sting was a bigger guy. Yeah, he was taller, though. Yeah, but he wasn't steroidy the way Warrior was. But they were very popular with the kids. Yeah. They were a big deal. You and know, they Sting had titles.
2: Was, Sting was more clean cut. And the Ultimate Warrior was rougher around the edges. And yep. I mean that even in character. Like, yeah, the yeah. Warrior was kind of like, I'll beat up anybody. Ah,
1: yeah, ah, I'm crazy. Yeah, Sting and was St- more refined. Yeah,
2: Sting was, yeah.
1: But they were somewhat...
2: A cut above the rest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were somewhat, you know, I would say, uh, parallel. Yeah. But anyway then, Mean Mark Callis with Paul Heyman.
2: Okay, so this is weird because it's The Undertaker managed by the guy who would manage the guy that beat him at WrestleMania for the first time.
1: Can you repeat that, please? What was that? The Undertaker managed by the guy that would manage manage the the guy guy that beat him at WrestleMania. Which ended the streak. Which ended the streak. Isn't that ironic? Don't you think? Yeah. It's like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. I know. You better stop. I get get where you're going, too. He's fighting a jagged little pill named Dennis (laughs) Fowler, some geek. Yeah. And uh, Scott Keith would say... big geek.
0: British Bulldog squashing a couple of geeks. And you know, Haku squashing some geek.
1: (laughs) Big geek here. But you know what's cool about Mark Hallis here? Yeah. Mark Calloway, the Undertaker, but in this character... First of all, to set the visual for you, he kind of comes to the ring dressed like a blackjack the yeah. vest and everything. He's, he's got a vest, a, a loaded glove, a
2: speedo. He has no pants on, no shirt on, no shirt on, it's and he's getting he's, very yeah, erotic. the glove. Yeah, the glove is the <laughs> big deal, glove.
1: and he's got very short hair. Yeah, and he gets in there, he storms the ring, like yep. he because you know we're used to, and you can't blame us because yeah. he's been the Undertaker for like th- almost thirty years. Him coming and taking five years, right? We're used to the Undertaker in yeah. any era. Right, working like the Undertaker, just very slow, methodical, die, die, die type of thing. He's kind of fast paced here. And- he storms the yeah. ring. He's like kind of like Stan Hansen, right? Just like storms in there, throwing the guy around, mm-hmm. drop kicks, drop kicks,
2: selling, <laughs> side slam, and he's doing like. He does that weird thing
1: off the top rope. Yeah, this was interesting. It was like the old school, but rather than hold the opponent's arm in an arm ringer yeah. while he walked the ropes, he just. The guy was on his back. Yeah. He went up, walked the ropes like halfway, did a big elbow drop for the pin. But this was weird, remember? Yeah, this was very weird. He pulled him up at two, but Nick Patrick counted three anyway. Right. But I think Nick Patrick fucked up. Yeah. Because Mark then lays him out with a heart punch yeah it's like what we thought would be his move because he has a glove like yeah. isn't that funny that we assumed yeah. that like it was a heart punch which I, is yeah. the worst move ever but a horrible finisher yeah and then he pins him again so I think Nick Patrick fucked up and they yeah. just redid the finish yeah and you said he looks so much better than Luger yeah so they're hyping that Luger's gonna fight him and yep.
2: I'm like how can Luger beat this guy like that like and you told me I've never seen this clash of the champions where no, this happened great American bash great, I'm sorry great American bash but you said that you Luger know him. Yeah, Luger he just killed him like yeah that seems dumb to me sorry he seems so much better than Lex Luger Yeah,
1: but Quinn five months later he'd be debuting as the Undertaker so I think it worked out I guess it did but I mean what do w- you want him to do be the but this, WCW world this champion
2: exemplifies how WCW dropped the ball they had the Undertaker the Undertaker but they didn't know that yet but this guy could have been successful at anything is you could tell here that he's something you know what, you really can,
1: for all the shit that The Undertaker has gotten over yeah. the years as a worker, mm-hmm. a lot of that is because of his character that he played. Right, but I think he would have been successful either way That's what I because mean. because he's awesome. That's what I'm saying, the shit he got of not selling, well, his character didn't feel pain. He was an undead zombie. And he couldn't work a, a fast-paced style, because, again, his character was an undead zombie. Right. So why would he? Yeah. But you could see that this guy... Could, and he's younger. He's like twenty-five here. He's very young. He could work. Oh yeah. He did grasp. How to do wrestling. Yeah, and he looked convincing. It's not like he lucked in he stepped in some good shit by becoming the Undertaker and taking it as far as he did. But it's not like he was just like this random w- right. worker. He made the Undertaker character work because he was talented. Correct. And it's I think we here. Didn't agree there. Yeah. So I, I gained a little bit more respect now for The Undertaker. Oh, did you? I did, seeing him as again, I do like The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. I do. You wouldn't know it by hearing you talk about him, but... My biggest gripe has always been the streak, more than anything. Not the Undertaker himself. Anyhow, we digress here. <laughs> Let's go to Jim Cornette. Really? What? Interviewing... What? Yeah. Arn. Oli and Barry. And he goes, motherfucker. suck. <laughs> yeah, no. I hate mean Vince Russo, motherfucker. Yeah, always. Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette. <laughs> go back to Kentucky or Tennessee or wherever you're from. <laughs> Oren has regular black and white Zubas, very classy Zubas, I've noticed. Yeah, the, the classy Zubas. It's that mode you said, right? Like, yeah. where he just doesn't give a shit. Like, right. he's wearing like a t-shirt and That's Zubas. what I like about him and his, and his sunglasses glasses. <laughs> he doesn't care at yeah. all. He, those glasses are awesome so of course he doesn't get to talk Oli does only mm-hmm. rambles rambles and rambles he calls sting's faction the super dudes yeah it's the dudes with attitudes
2: but he keeps calling them the super dudes how does only not know what this is why the
1: fuck is he here like why the hell
2: like seriously
1: he doesn't even know what's going on yeah he keeps calling them the super dudes like multiple times it's not even their name he even does this
2: stupid snafu, and he calls Ric Flair, Rick Nature Boy Flair. When, who ever that? called him that? Ever, no Joe? No one.
1: Ever. Ric Nature Boy Flair. Yeah. But uh, The funny thing is, is, we thought, like, did Flair not even want to show up for this promo? Ugh. But then Cornette's like, no, let's bring Flair in here, motherfucker. Yeah. So Flair comes in, and at first he's doing that calm version of his promos where right. he's like, first of all, uh, that, you yeah. know, like that thing. So that's Ric Flair's deal. He ramps it up. Let's put this Down in the record books. And then he does the loud version where he's like, "Ah!" and he says his His shoes cost
2: $1,000 a pair. (laughs) He takes the shoe off and shows (laughs) it. And he holds it up. But he he makes a good point here. He says, Sting, are you ready to step into these shoes? Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, are you ready to hit the big time? And I thought that was kind of cool, is that he took it back to the the shoes more than your house thing, but he made a point that I'm wearing these shoes because I'm a big deal. Right. And that are you ready
1: to step into these shoes? Very, very good promo. Yeah. Of course, by Ric Flair, who was wearing a very nice tan-colored suit. Excellent. So Cornette wraps that up, and then we get a really, really great (laughs) match here. The Southern Boys versus the Freebirds. So wait a second. Aren't the Freebirds more Southern than anybody. like You would think, because the Southern Boys come to the ring with their fucking Confederate flag tights yeah. and all this shit, you know, but wasn't that one of the Freebirds hallmarks? Yeah, the Confederate flag, they wore it. Like, <laughs> right. they literally wore the flag. So this is the most WCW match I can think of. It's <laughs> yeah. a fucking promotion in Atlanta, owned by Ted Turner. Well, you gotta throw this stuff out for your, your base, right? <laughs> I mean, this is what they're here to see, man. Right. Hosted by Jim Ross, with Gordon yeah. Sully appearing, Yeah, and it's the Freebirds versus the Southern Boys. Well,
2: we're like... Cringing, they're probably like, Hell yeah, like, yeah go
1: get them <laughs> yeah. well, you there. know,
2: everyone likes what they like, right? And WCW, this is their audience. I yeah, don't, I don't begrudge them for
1: this, Quinn. It doesn't make it good though to like stuff, you know oh, what I yeah. mean? <laughs> no, anyway, Michael Hayes, my favorite, you yeah. know how much I love him. He's got eyeliner on. Yeah. Because weren't you trying to explain to me while you're watching yes, this so, that they were like the, so,
2: the glam metal version? They're the glam metal version. It's like they saw Guns N' Roses
1: and they were like, we need to make the Freebirds like this now. <laughs> yeah. Or like Bon Jovi or yeah. something. Jimmy Garvin has ultra huge Jimmy Garvin hair, you know, the <laughs> yeah. usual.
2: And you know what? I find it weird that Jimmy Garvin was in this thing. And I know he was in the Freebirds, but it's like I was I was explaining to you how like I felt Jimmy Garvin was equivalent to
1: Tully Blanchard previous to all this. I guess so, but I feel like Jimmy Garvin had his place in time, and it was not 1990 to matter anymore. I guess. I, I don't know. It's just a defense
2: of Jimmy Garvin. It's just I felt that he was always resorted to Michael Hayes' goon True. after a certain point, and like I thought that was like a real betrayal of the character eh, of Jimmy Garvin. That's I guess.
1: All. You did say to me, wasn't, wasn't Michael Hayes the inventor of music or something? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, he claims that he invented Coming in the Ring with music, although I swear Sergeant Slaughter did it first with the Marine Gorgeous Corps. George him. did
1: it way before well, them besides besides that yeah slaughter did it but also yeah. again gorgeous george did it first right so i guess it's gorgeous george officially. lincoln did it first actually did he did he have a whole band yeah coming? yeah this is the, the yeah. civil war freaking <laughs> army yeah. Yeah. band played playing drums <laughs> <laughs> yeah just playing drum music anyway by the way the southern boys are tracy smothers and steve armstrong and tracy smothers is shit don't tell cornet that listen uh, <laughs> he never was anything like no. ever like, in Smoky Mountain he was.
2: Freddie Joe Floyd. <laughs> no, he is, was a big
1: deal in Smoky Mountain, that great that promotion. That doesn't make you anything. It's a really good promotion. It's quid. not anything good. You know what? We need to review Smoky Mountain at Don't some point. worry, eventually. Marty Howell's going to hate us. I'm just putting it off because... <laughs> I don't uh, want to watch it either. I don't want to get
2: mad. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. We're talking about Tracy Smothers being a main
1: eventer or something. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Who would do that? But Tony Anthony's in it too. Dirty white boy. The toilet man. Yeah, toilet man. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is a decent match. Quinn, you called it like a non-jobber TV match. I thought it was like the feature contest. Like I, th- I thought it was, too. It turns out it's not. It's
2: not, but it it, it was two real teams fighting each other. So hm.
1: True. And I'll tell you this. JR is not Gordon Soley working by himself. He's no. okay, yeah. but and nobody could do it like Gordon. I will say this. At least there's no obsessions in this match.
2: <laughs> there's no interference. Well, Actually, there is, but they're not, 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 the, not that type of no, interference. No, exactly.
1: Yeah. We get a hot southern tag to yeah. Tracy Smothers. <laughs> yes, we do. And, you know, the usual fiery baby face offense, shoulder yep. tackles, all right. that crap. Then Jim Cornette wanders out to help the Freebirds. Hey, <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Like, basically trips <laughs> yeah. trips up uh, Tracy or. Basie. Casey, well, that It doesn't matter. Lacey. I don't yeah, know. Lacey Smothers. One of them. Basically, Cornette wandered out because. The Southern boys are fighting the Midnight Express at the Great American Bash, so Cornette's screwing with them, basically. That's okay. why he's here. Garvin gets the pin on an O'Connor roll. And then we what get the a- hell is O'Connor roll? It's like the reverse like roll-up where you grab them from behind and flip over, and then you like you roll them up. Never heard of it. Never heard of it called that, I guess. I just felt like calling it that. I usually oh, look wouldn't. At you, look at you. Well, Dave Meltzer over here. Yeah, um, match, you know, <laughs> six and five-eighths. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, promo with Hall of Famer Teddy Long and... Yeah. Doom. And Hall of Famer Ron Simmons and, and not, not Hall of, of Famer Butch <laughs> Reed. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's not fair, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're going to put Coco Beware in and shit like that and Rikishi. Well, Butch Reed beat Coco Beware at Hustlemania. Right. He yeah. did beat him at Hustlemania. Yeah. Three. It's true. <laughs>
2: yeah. At three, no at less. At three. Yeah.
1: So there Fuck you go. It. Yeah. Butch Reed for Hall of Fame. Hell yeah. Hacksaw Butch Reed, by yeah. the way, from Mid South. Correct. Great feud with Jim Duggan and great team with Jim Duggan. Anyway. Let's get to this Doom promo. Yeah, Teddy Long also mentions Jim Hurd. What? Why is this such a big deal? This this thing. It's like, oh, they're having meetings and stuff. Was this like one of Jim Hurd's criteria for owning the company or whatever? They he have did? to mention him yeah. in his Pizza Hut face <laughs> on TV all the time. I'm surprised they didn't have to mention Pizza Hut at all. Oh, I know, right? So anyway, the Doom has the best version, according to Quinn, of the NWA tag titles. It is the best version. It is, right?
2: Yeah, totally. Like, I thought that that was such a good version, and I was glad that they kept them, like, till, like, TNA had those belts.
1: Yeah, they were good belts. Yeah. Butch Reed says that Doom is the team of the 90s. Well, that didn't last much (laughs) longer. No, until like 91. Yeah. Maybe. I I guess that's technically
2: the 90s. But
1: (laughs) but still.
2: Somehow I would say like if I was to say a team of the 90s, New Age Outlaws would be like on top of my list because that's who I think. They're very 90s. (laughs) Steiner Brothers? Not even? No, not even. You don't like them though. No, I don't think they're as good as people say Just, yeah it, we can get into that oh, another discussion
1: anyway farouk looks the same age as ever like, i like that you call him farouk <laughs> yeah farouk not any younger than 2004 or anything like he doesn't look like younger than now i don't like that he doesn't talk
2: in this promo yeah he's, he's such, such a, a good
1: talker that's a weird thing we get teddy long talking and he's fine butch reed eh he was okay but ron simmons is the best talker out of all three of these guys he is Maybe he maybe he was still new here and he just didn't have his talking together. Maybe yet. He didn't have his talking together. True. So our next match here, our final match, <sighs> yeah. our, our feature match, I guess, is yeah. the Rock and Roll Express. Ugh, I don't like them for the record. And the Rock and Rolls. Yeah, and I'm sure Marty Howell's gonna bitch at me for that, but I don't like them because I'm, I'm not. I I don't it, have no attachment to it's, them. It's
2: I've seen some stuff. I mean, I like Ricky Morton's feud with Ric Flair. I've said this before. And Robert Gibson
1: always kept an eye on things. Yeah, always. <laughs> always had an eye on things so they're fighting the mod squad who the fuck is this (laughs) and basher sounds like a demolition ripoff dressed like the powers of pain so basically and legion of doom too it was like a mashup (laughs) of all that crap they're like the road warriors like fourth cousins I guess so I
2: feel like the rock and rolls are already past their prime here like they already look old and tired and boring and like why is this why are they here I know no I totally agree with you (laughs) and this match sucks too it does this guy that they're fighting in the mod squad he's like a big fat piece of shit yeah, who is it mod or squad mod or, mod or squad i don't remember their name what was it spike and basher yeah, spike yeah. And basher. might have might as well have been called mod and squad I
1: know. why are they called the mod squad why does this team exist yeah. who are they if you know who they are let us know mod and squad robert gibson plays ricky morton what i mean by that i'll explain that in case we have any people yeah. that don't you know, aren't fully acquainted with some of the smart, you know, terminology that we've happened to pick up over the years. But basically, to play Ricky Morton in a, in a tag team match like this means, you know, in your standard formula tag team, one of the faces will get beat down for a few minutes. Right. Maybe five, maybe three, you know, depending on the match. Right. Maybe seven. Yeah. The heels will just dominate him. There'll be some false tags. He'll try to tag in, but it won't happen. Right. That's generally called the Ricky Morton is the face getting beat down. Because Ricky Morton would always be the victim yeah, and he would tag into Robert Gibson. They popularize that style of tag match. But this is the reverse. Robert Gibson is playing the Ricky Morton role. And I say to you, what are they, bored? Yeah, what are they just changing shit up? That's weird. It is really weird. And by the way, there's a side headlock here
2: by Spike or Mod or Squad or Bash (laughs) or whatever the hell their name is. And it's like the worst chin lock I've ever seen. Like His arm is like... He's got the one arm under the the neck or whatever, but like the other one is like above his head or something. Like, Look terrible! Like, like how he do didn't, you mess that
1: up? Like, like he like, didn't know how to do it. It's terrible. And the power plant wasn't around yet, you know. So Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker wasn't teaching these people these holes. These guys would never made it to the power plant. <laughs> you don't think? You think like high they're voltage would have been? <laughs> ju- they're they're utter junk, Joe. Just get them out of here. I'm not going to disagree. I do know that Basher then comes in and puts his own shitty headlock on. (laughs) Not as shitty. Not as shitty. Gibson finally gets the hot tag, which is weird, to Ricky Morton as like, only 34 girls cheer and There's nobody le- else. There's less
2: girls that are into Ricky Morton at
1: this point in time. They're like, oh, it's Uncle Rick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Creepy looking. Anyway, he gets the pin with a crappy cross body block like this is 1981, like he's Tony Gurria or it's, something. This is just bad. This, this match this was... Match, n-
2: this sh- the, other, the, the other match with
1: the Southern boys and the Freebird should have been last. Yeah, and the Mod Squad's really sucks. Yeah, especially if you're doing like a feature contest thing like that. Well, here's the thing, Quinn, right? If you're going to do a tag match like this, Mm -hmm. where it's the faces versus the heels, and the faces are going to win, the heel team carries most of the offense. They better be interesting. They sucked. Exactly. You can't have these... Well, that's the problem with the rock and rolls. You can't put them in jobber matches. Right. You have to have them against someone like the Midnights that can do creative offense, where it gets the crowd riled up because of the cheating, because of the high-flying moves. When you got a team that
2: their entire deal is that they get beat up the whole time... It plays into how I always say yeah. that the jobbers should never get, like, more than, like, a punch on offense ever. Right. Like, right. if your whole thing is based around that, then you can't fight jobbers.
1: Yeah. Like, like, literally, they did a standard tag team formula match against who the fuck is the mod squad? modern yeah. mod I mean? and squad. Yeah, exactly. Mod and squad. So, anyway, that was a very bad match. But yep. guess what, Quinn? We get more cable listings starting at
2: M. Ah, <laughs> oh, Finally, at least we'll know. At, least we'll, at least, know least we'll know that we can't get it in our area because it wasn't <laughs> on the New Jersey
1: listing. No, it wasn't. The yes. closest was Newark. Yeah. Anyway, I'll say this. The music they had playing during that scroll was really good. Yeah, it was excellent. I'll probably dub it in. We're probably talking over it right now. Now, why wouldn't they just make the, these like inserts region-based? You know, like the local yeah. insertion, the way Vince did? Well, because they're cheap. They have all the money in the world, and they don't want to edit down their
2: product. They just want to throw this out there. I'm sure these matches were just filmed at some house show, and they had
1: extra lights and some cameras, but it it looked just like a house show. Right, because you would think they have all these syndicated shows, right? I know this is on TBS. I get that. But they have all these other syndicated shows. Mm -hmm. Just do local insertion the way Vince would do at the event center. Vince had a fraction of the money that they had, and he put so much more
2: effort into the product and made it look polished and just better. Right. In I th- that sense. I, I,
1: I totally agree with you. And I think that was one of the things that distinguished Vince from everyone else including WCW especially in
2: 1990 especially 1990 90 is kind of the apex of Vince's like polish yeah and it's the end of the golden era yeah. as we
1: said right yeah. where it starts well the polish starts to come off because
2: Vince starts running out of money or whatever so yeah and steroids and, and stuff WBF like he has to spend it all on that too
1: <laughs> anyway to find to, to close out the show we get JR hyping the Great American Bash etc and then again he mentions his fucking meeting with Jim Herd. enough with the Jim Herd. and then he plugs the Ross report that was around in 90 yeah what? Weird. The hotline? Bizarre.
2: So fade to black and I feel more powerful after watching <laughs> that that powerful oh, yeah. hour of
1: wrestling. I'm very, very powerful now. Mark Riley, thank you for nothing. No okay. No, <laughs> this was
2: okay. No, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I, I I don't want it to sound like it we thought it was crap or anything. It wasn't great. It was just you know, it was standard fare, it yeah. wasn't the worst, it wasn't the best, it was no. just kinda there. It was a slice but, of WCW. And I, and I honestly don't even mean that in a bad way because no. we we review so much junk. Like, this was actually, like, not bad. Better than Superstars from 94. Oh, so much better. I was going to say to you that, like, it feels like things are happening, regardless of the, you know, a little too much talky about the uh, Jim Hurd stuff. At least stuff is happening.
1: Right. At least stuff's happening. At least they have a fairly compelling program with some top stars. You know, Luger, Flair, Sting. If you're watching, you
2: might want to see what is going to happen with this Jim Hurd meeting. Like, what is that going to, what's going to happen because of
1: that? Right. right? Exactly. Absolutely right. So the story is advancing. And again, we got to put this in perspective here. This was not one of their their top tier shows. Yeah, but I mean, you got stuff like Jim Cornette right. um, with the Southern Boys. And, uh-huh. and JR is there to, to give it some levity, right? Yeah, JR's is there to give it some credibility. And the Horsemen feuding with the sure. dudes and all this. There's things. So it was fine. It was very powerful. Yeah, a very powerful hour. <laughs> I had a never. powerful television. <laughs> I had never watched this show in any form before, so I'm happy to have done that. Yeah, and we got to see The Undertaker. Got to see The Undertaker. That was interesting. Yeah. Mean Mark, you know, yeah. himself. Mean Marky. (laughs) Mean Marky. Mm -hmm. So overall, not bad. Yeah. Right? Not Not bad. bad. Doesn't touch World of Sport from last week, obviously. Yeah, World of Sport was great. But, you know, not everything could be a winner. But speaking of winners, folks, we want to continue to win your hearts. Yes. So send us your requests. Send us things you want us to talk about. Send us your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. We are here for you. It's all about the fans, Quinn. Yeah, all about the fans over here at OVP. That's right. So in the meantime, check us out on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can tweet at us. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. And, of course, go to our Facebook group. Yeah our vantage point yeah we would love to talk to you we got a bunch of guys there talking about various stuff sometimes busting our balls it's a lot (laughs) of fun always busted doing stuff just to annoy us you know I, busted we want makes it. them feel good Bu- <laughs> <laughs> until next time folks have a great rest of your day have a great rest of your week hopefully you have a long weekend next week with fourth of july coming oh, up. oh yeah that'll be nice i do i have two days off third and the fourth so i'll be ready to podcast away i'll have to see lex luger <laughs> until next time folks have a great day we will see you see you
0: Is it going to be Arn against Sting? Who's it going to be? What's the combination? You ought to join those super dudes. You're just like them. You talk a little bit too much and don't say much of anything. i tell you what. We're going to reveal our plans right here on TV. Huh. Why don't you go find out what the Braves are going to do tomorrow? Why don't you find out what the football teams are going to do ahead of time? Well, we're not going to tell anybody, but we're going to tell you this. Super dudes, whatever combination you got, we're going to be ready for you. I don't care who you put out there, if you're going to put out the Steiners, you're going to put out Lex Luger and Sting, Sting by himself. In fact, that would be a pretty good idea right there. Sting is the guy now carrying that torch, carrying the banner for the super dudes. He's the organizer of this great outfit. Everybody wearing white hats, white clothes, and riding in on white horses. Well, I'll tell you what. You're looking at the best there is in professional wrestling right today. I'm talking about the Horseman. I'm talking about Anderson. I'm talking about Wyndham. I'm talking about Sid Vicious. And I'm talking about the man that's going to be world's heavyweight champion forever. Forever. Rick Nature Boy. Will you you? Stop, 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 stop?